0: news from KXAN News.
1: That breaking news that we're watching for you overnight. A man found dead in a car in South Austin. I'm Sally Hernandez.
2: And I'm Tom Miller. Police say someone flagged them down near Cumberland Road and when officers got there, found a man in a car with trauma to his body. Officers detaining someone, they say there's no threat to the public at this time.
1: APD did not have information on how that person died, but it is being investigated as Austin's 50th homicide this year.
3: First warning weather with meteorologist Sean Kelly. Hey, good morning everyone, happy Wednesday to you. We're starting off your morning here with temperatures a little bit warmer than yesterday. And as soon as you step outside, you're gonna notice the humidity. The humidity is back and that is going to make it feel quite uncomfortable today. Feels like temperatures into the triple digits. One more day of this though, and then we're looking at some big changes. Finally, some fall-like weather returning by tomorrow. 75 inland passes, 78 in Kingsland. We're not seeing any 60-degree readings, unfortunately. 78 in Round Rock and out in the Pflugerville area, sitting at 77 as well. 80 in Smithville and now in the LaGrange area. Through the day today, look at this. This is what it's going to feel like as we head towards lunchtime hour. A few sprinkles early this morning that will be possible, and then an isolated shower storm later on in the afternoon and evening. But the main event will arrive overnight into early tomorrow morning. But look at this, going from the 90s down to the 80s, then some 70s here as we head towards the weekend. So coming up, we'll talk about when exactly that cold front arrives. Unfortunately, right in time for the morning commute tomorrow. We'll see who sees the most rain and how much through the next few days. And of course, looking ahead for the weekend, I'll have that for you coming up in the next few minutes.
1: Sean, thank you. Police say a road rage shooting killed a 46-year-old woman in North Austin. And this morning, police really need your help finding the person who did it.
2: Happened around six on Saturday night. This is on the I-35 service road southbound near Runberg Lane. Police say an automated 911 call from the victim's cell phone alerted them to this crash. And they found her dead when they got there, appearing to have been shot. It doesn't appear that there was any kind of uh, uh, altercation or
0: anything other than the collision that would have spurred this incident.
2: Police say the suspect drove a four-door gray sedan, the department offering a potential $1,000 reward for any information. Call APD if you know anything. Texas ranks ninth among the states with the worst road rage. This according to a recent survey from Forbes advisor.
1: Yeah, the survey shows road rage incidents across the country really have been on the rise for the last few years. In 2022, 413 people were killed in these kinds of shootings. That's 135% increase from 2018. As for where incidents are likely to happen, 29% of drivers reported experiencing road rage most frequently on city streets, followed closely by highways with nearly 27%, and then close to 15% say in parking lots. Arizona tops the list of states with the worst road rage, according to the survey, while Delaware is home to the most polite drivers in the country.
2: And when it comes to those road rage reports, the Texas Department of Public Safety tells people you want to try to write down the make, model, and license plate before you call 911.
1: The shelter in place order has been lifted at Morgan State University in Baltimore after multiple people were shot near campus last night officials say it is no longer an active shooter situation. Police say at least five students were shot and are expected to be okay. The alleged shooter fled into a dorm building. Police say they cleared all the buildings in their search for the suspect, who by the way, remains at large.
3: We have kids at college who were shot and this happens time and time again not just in baltimore but in washington dc in new york in atlanta in city after city after city after city and it's been happening that way for decades and we have to deal with this issue nationally it has to be done
1: the university president there saying all classes are canceled
2: today Former President Donald Trump is going to be back in court this morning and the civil case brought against him by the state of New York is going to be playing out. Trump and his namesake company have been found liable of engaging in financial fraud, but New York's Attorney General must show that the Trump Organization intentionally falsified records in hopes of securing favorable loan terms and interest rates. I should say insurance rates. Trump's legal team argues that the state cannot prove any such intent to defraud. Ahead on today, the terms of the gag order placed on Mr. Trump by the judge presiding over this case and when the Republican presidential frontrunner himself may be called to stand and testify.
1: Weeks after Attorney General Ken Paxton's acquittal in the Senate, the House managers who were essentially the prosecutors during that trial released piles of evidence that was not admissible during the 10-day impeachment trial.
2: KXAN's Monica Madden explains why they're now releasing this.
1: Hundreds
4: of pages of documents released after the verdict.
2: They're relevant. This entire process is about transparency.
0: I'm not sure why they continue to try to litigate the case in the press.
4: Attorneys on both sides note, this information might not have changed the outcome, but it does provide more details, including information about Paxton's home renovations, which house managers allege was a bribe by Nate Paul in exchange for help with his legal issues. The emails reveal the contractor directly communicating updates with Paul. So it ties Nate Paul to Ken Paxton, It ties Nate Paul to renovations of the home itself. And invoices House Prosecutor Aaron Epley describes as incomplete from the construction company. And the absence of evidence is evidence. There was no intention or documentation that suggested Ken Paxton ever had the desire to pay a bill, and there was no bill. The Attorney General's team has noted Paxton ultimately directed the head of his blind trust to pay for the renovations, proving no bribe.
0: All the documents that they have now are documents that I guess they could have put into evidence had they had any relevance. So I'm not sure what they're doing.
4: But Epley says the communication with Paul speaks louder than the finished home remodel. The invoice did not exist until 7 p.m. on the 1st, after the whistleblow, after notice that people were looking into it.
0: If that's so evident, why don't you put that in
4: evidence? Paxton's personal attorney has said the FBI is reportedly investigating his client, but hasn't filed any charges. The Attorney General denies any wrongdoing. Monica Madden, KXAN News.
2: Now, the release of information had a rocky start with the first batch of documents dropping without redactions of private information like Paxson's address. Those have since been replaced.
1: A heads up, your phone, your TV, the radios, all are gonna blare this afternoon with an alarm. But the government wants you to know it's only a test. So just be aware that it's gonna happen, but it's part of a nationwide alert. It's gonna go off around one this afternoon, 1-20. Federal law requires the systems to be tested every three years. How you can help Georgetown police find a man, they say, try to kidnap a nine-year-old girl from her home.
2: And how a Texas law taking effect soon could impact parkland in Austin, and why we could see fewer parks and smaller green spaces. Good morning, Georgetown police need your help finding the man they say tried to kidnap a nine-year-old girl from her home. It's happened back in September, on September 18th along Northwest Boulevard.
1: Let's show you the sketch of the suspect. Police say he grabbed the girl when she answered the door and then he released her and ran into some kind of wooded area. The man is described as having a large build. Look at the sketch closely, and if you're hearing on the podcast, we'll make sure that you can see it on our website at KXAN.com. He's about six feet tall with a tattoo on his arm. If you have any information, call Georgetown Police.
2: A person is recovering this morning after an accident involving an autonomous vehicle in San Francisco, and video captured by the cruise driverless car shows the woman not in a crosswalk, initially hit by a driver who then flees without stopping. The force of that crash, throwing her into the path of the driverless car, which then ran over her. Cruz says its car remained on scene. Emergency responders say the woman was pinned beneath that cruise car when they got there. Rescuers were able to free her after Cruz disabled that car remotely.
1: Back here at home, just last week, we reported that there is now a petition in a West Austin neighborhood against these self-driving cars. The petition asking for stricter safety measures, limiting operations in residential neighborhoods at night, and an immediate review of Cruz's overall operations. And in an effort to enhance safety, Cruz is asking everyone, report those incidents involving
2: driverless cars. Still ahead, how Austin Energy is trying to prevent another ice storm taking out its power lines for many customers.
1: Why, for the first time in history, a U.S. House speaker has been voted out. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. This is the live look outside from our camera over at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. Sean has the latest when it comes to your forecast. He says the humidity is back, but on the way is cooler weather later on this week. Nothing like the ice storm, of course, that knocked out power to nearly a third of Austin Energy's customers last winter. How can we forget that? But eight months later, we are learning what the utility is doing to prevent the same thing from happening again.
2: KXN's Avery Travis has been digging into a new report, and she has an in-depth look at what changes are in store
5: preparedness before the storm making sure that like my animals and I stayed warm to response and coordination after the storm.
0: We're shut down for a week and nobody has answers
5: and perhaps what you remember the most communication during the storm.
0: Austin Energy should not be promising things they can't deliver.
5: A new report highlights three major ways Austin Energy struggled when ICE blanketed the city in February 2023 and suggests dozens of changes for next time. The after-action report notes issues with the online outage map and text message feature led to confusion and even inaccurate restoration times.
0: It's always going to be difficult in a big event to be able to tell individuals when they might, but it was missed by a mile on when uh, to expect overall power to be back on
5: mayor kirk watson says he's frustrated to see some of the same communication issues highlighted two years ago in the after action report from the february 2021 winter storm
0: but since this uh, event in february a lot of progress has been made.
5: In August, before this report was released, we sat down with Austin Energy's new general manager, Bob Kahn, and asked how they'll prepare for the next storm.
3: We were ready for another type event. When when this occurred, it, it was different consequences. We can't see into, into the future. Uh, so it just takes more preparation to be more flexible, depending on what happens.
1: Avery Travis, KXAN News. Online now at kxan.com we have a look at the other parts of the after action report including issues with Brush Management, just look for this story right there on our homepage. We're only a few days away from the first day of this year's Austin City Limits Music Festival starts on Friday. All in, 450,000 people are expected to attend. Yeah, our
2: city's going to be packed. Not all of these visitors are local folks, although a lot of us are going to ACL as well. Most are from Texas, though. An Airbnb study shows majority of guests come from Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, or San Antonio, and Denver, Seattle, New York City, Chicago, and San Diego are where the most out-of-state visitors are coming from. Airbnb says last year, ACL brought in more than $10 million in revenue to host here in Austin, generated by about 20,000 guests. The festival also brought in more than $400 million to the Austin economy and about $3 billion since 2006.
1: Logistically, what do you need to know about getting to and from ACL? The festival is going to provide a free shuttle service running to and from Zilker Park with boarding at Republic Square Park. You can also use the Ann and Roy Butler Hike and Bike Trail to get to the festival. Remember, motorized vehicles are not allowed on the trail, so don't try that. After all of the states that you're at, I didn't see anybody coming from California. That's kind
2: well, of strange. They said San, Diego. San Diego was, oh, was at San the Diego. bottom of yeah. the list. Yeah. I was surprised that there wasn't more like Los Angeles, for yeah. example. Yeah. I wonder if there are
3: more well, Coachella it's, people. It's, it's all the cool That's cities right. that are, you know, coming and right. hanging cool. out. That's right. Cool cool not the lame cities. cities. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, I could not draw up no. a more perfect forecast for ACL get excited because in the next few days we are going to see some changes that we are all going to enjoy weekend one of acl we'll be starting off with temperatures into the 80s and then we're closing out the festival saturday and sunday for weekend one into the 70s so perfect weather heading our way what's not so perfect is what we've got to get through today it is muggy out there 76 degrees at Camp Mabry and out at the airport, 78, 79 and bash up 80 degrees in Lagrange. Grange sitting at 77 in San Saba, 74 land passes so a few degrees warmer than what we were dealing with yesterday we're watching also for the chance for an isolated strong to severe thunderstorm that we could see today it's a very low chance mainly for areas well up towards the north as that cold front moves closer towards the area and then we still have to watch out for the potential for some flooding obviously we are in a significant drought our ground our soils our creeks can withstand a good amount of rain but of course if we see it arrive too quickly and we see bands after bands of rain for an extended period of time we'll see at least some brief flooding so we'll have to watch out for that the you can see here the weather prediction center really highlights the areas out towards the east that will be where we'll see the heaviest rain as that cold front moves into the area nothing going on out there right now but we'll be watching out for the potential for some early morning drizzle for your commute that'll be a possibility you'll see a little bit of that through the lunchtime hour notice a little bit more clouds and sunshine today and also notice in the afternoon and evening there could be a few pop-up isolated showers and some storms today it's a lower chance, but something we'll have to watch out for. That'll continue on through the later part of the evening, right around midnight, maybe could even see some moderate showers and storms up towards the hill country. But the main event, the main event arrives late tonight into early tomorrow morning along a cold front pushing into our area 8, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., then moving down towards the south before it gradually tapers off behind it here into the afternoon. We'll go more through the timeline here with you and talk about those rainfall totals coming up in the next few minutes.
2: Thank you, Sean. Four days after Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm ahead of a consequential vote, House Republicans plan to hold him accountable. Bowman insists he pulled the alarm by mistake, saying he was rushing to get to the vote and activated the alarm while trying to get into a locked exit door. The door is typically open during weekdays, but Republicans aren't buying it.
4: Nowhere does it say pull the fire alarm to open the exit.
3: This is somebody who was a school principal. He knows very well what a fire alarm is.
2: If you surveyed 100 New Yorkers here, would believe us. So the U.S. Capitol Police say this incident remains under investigation. They won't say if they plan to charge Bowman with a crime.
1: Several thousand air fryers sold on Amazon are being recalled over concerns of fire and burn hazards. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission says about 6,400 Spectra air fryers are impacted by the recall after reports of items overheating. So if you have one, stop using it. You can contact the company for a $45 Amazon gift card, or you can get a free replacement of the choice from products that they have on their website.
2: Also this morning, Austin Parks might not look as nice, and there may not be as many of them. This is thanks to a new law going into effect in January.
1: All has to do with the state cracking down on Austin rules that require developers to set aside land or money for parks. Nabil Ramadna explains.
0: Most days in Austin, you'll find people out and about in Austin Parks. Can you do it? Come to daddy, from spending time with family like Jonas Miller, well, I have really been excited about taking this kid out to some playgrounds, and- to taking the dog on a walk
2: like Jeff Ballou. Uh, I love him having a dog, it's where we spend most of our time.
0: But because of a Texas law going into effect in January, as Austin's population continues to grow and more developments come in we could see smaller and fewer parks.
4: Up to 97% less
0: park acreage. City rules used to require 9.4 acres of parkland per 1,000 residents, and the city required developers to set aside a certain area for parkland or pay a fee. This
5: new bill introduced reduces that to just point to just under a tenth of an acre acre
4: to up to three acres per 1,000
0: people. The bill language pointed to how some developers had a harder time moving forward with projects because of those limitations. The new law only impacts multifamily and hotel and motel developments. It's also
4: likely that we'll see our level of service decline.
0: That's because the fees Austin can impose on developers to fund parks will be limited, and it prohibits the city from imposing fees on commercial development. We're
4: estimating between 40 to 70% less
0: per unit. Kennan Lydic runs Monday Movement. She relies on parks to teach her yoga classes. She doesn't like the idea of having fewer and smaller parks as our city grows.
5: And I would be so sad to lose the really strong nature aspect that Austin has. So many park spaces, so many outdoor activities.
0: Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Well, it seems like every game that Longhorns play in has a great atmosphere, whether it's here at DKR, 100,000 strong behind them, or on the road where a lot of opposing fan bases don't like them, to say the least. But Saturday, of course, different animal, half and half. And for a lot of these Texas players, Saturday is special. Whether it's their first or sixth, it's something they definitely want to cherish. I've been to that game growing up, and, you know, I was always in the stands, so... Being able to run out there was a pretty cool experience and yeah, I wanted to, to soak it in because I know how long I wanted to be there in that position um, and for it to, to happen was was pretty surreal.
3: Well, a uh, unique one of a kind and the last time I'll, I'll be part of this game so I'll definitely uh, take it in, take the sights and the scenes and the smells and all that. And, uh, we win, hopefully. Get a get a turkey leg, funnel cake, and get back on the bus. When
2: I ran out the first time it was kinda of like weird to me because when I first ran out I heard booze and then I got to the other side of the field and heard eyes. Ah, like it's not like a it's not like a regular game, it's not like a home game, but it's like a home game at the same time.
0: A lot of these Texas players like Quinn Ewers referencing memories they have of either going to the game or watching the Red River rivalry go up. Six-tier offensive lineman Christian Jones was asked if he has a favorite memory. He said he really didn't watch it growing up. He was a big soccer fan, busy watching Premier League. Don't think he'll have time to watch any soccer this weekend, no. For now, at
2: DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, Noah Gross, KXAN News. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for hanging out with us. Here's what else we're tracking at 5 on KXAN Today. Walk to School Day, an initiative for students as drivers keep an eye out for more kids on the road.